Why do we think Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and DeAndre Hopkins can all crush it and do it again in fantasy football in week 15? And what do we think of the tight end rankings? How low should he go with Travis Kelsey? We'll find out as we break it down for you in another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. We're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day, and hopefully for a lot of you, your fantasy football playoff team every day as we try to get you set here for week 15, and we will look at the wide receiver and tight end rankings on today's show. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron, and I'm not doing this. I'm writing about sporting news, NFL betting, and fantasy coverage. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, we will uh, dive into uh, what we're looking at here, looking at how we stack the wide receivers and tight ends against each other for week 15 in a moment. Before we do that, we have to tell you this episode is brought to you by Price Picks. It's crossover Thursday. On the network, we'll have our price picks picks of the week there for the Saturday, Sunday, Monday games. So picking from those there, it's the easiest, most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash LockNFL and use the code all lowercase LockNFL for first deposit match up to $100. So we'll get those price picks picks tomorrow there as long as our deep sleepers and flex plays. But let's look at wide receivers. Let's start here. Debo Samuel crushing it the last couple of weeks. We think he keeps it up again. I have him pretty high. Yeah, but you have him even higher than me, I think. Well, I think we're pretty close. Huh? Oh, it looks like I am at two. You're at four. So he is a great, great play this week. I, th- I thought you might have him at one this week. I know. And I think that'd be totally fair, right? I mean, he's finished yeah. as a wide receiver two and wide receiver one over the last two weeks. And this matchup against the Cardinals is a delicious one. He should just keep killing it. Love Brock Purdy, love Debo, love CMC all in this, all this week. So just plug on, plug in all these 49ers guys and keep riding them to your fantasy, hopefully championship. But let's talk about DK Metcalf because he's had a pretty disappointing year overall. He's only finished as a top 10 wide receiver two weeks this entire season. Now, they have come over the last four games, so that's promising. But I really like him this week, and so do you, against this Eagles secondary. I have him at wide receiver eight. You have him all the way up at wide receiver four. We're trusting that he'll get it together and put up a huge performance this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, you have kind of look at coverages i mean debo samuel also reason he's crushing and he's seeing a lot of zone defenses right typically dk metcalf crushes man-to-man we saw that against the cowboys like he can just blow by people the eagles play a little bit more of a zone a little bit of combination of both coverages here but we know how terrible darius slay james bradbury their corners in general have been they've been, been slow right and dk metcalf can take advantage of a little bit slower guys they're older guys. He's still very fast and physical. And I think he, he was definitely frustrated last week. I mean, that was part of the 49ers game plan, as uh, we heard from Kyle Shannon, to frustrate DK Metcalf as much as possible with physical coverage. Now, 
Eagles have had a lot of trouble doing that. So that's why I like DK Metcalf. And look, it doesn't matter for Drew Locke or Geno Smith. They're going to target him a ton in this game. And let's hope it's a negative game script as well. But I think it's a DK game on the outside. It could also be a Tyler Lockett game. You might get some good value from Jackson Smith and the Jigba. But Metcalf is their number one. And I think he's the guy that will absolutely smash it this week. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And Tyler Lockett and Jackson Smith at Jigba are definitely options as well. We just envisioned that the guy that could completely go off and win you a week would be the DK Metcalf against that Eagle secondary. A guy that we're pretty different on this week, Michael Pittman Jr. I have him all the way up at wide receiver five. You have him down at wide receiver 23. I think both of our rankings might be a little not fair, right? Because Pittman hasn't finished as a top five wide receiver yet this year. A, a few wide receiver 10 or higher performances, but not top five. But he also never really finishes outside the top 20, right? He's consistently getting, I mean, just over the last four weeks, 12 targets, 13, 16, 11. He is so incredibly consistent and you just know what you're going to get from him. Maybe he doesn't put up those massive games because he's not scoring touchdowns as much as those other top wide receivers. But we know the steel. I mean, the Steelers couldn't even cover what the Patriots had nobody and they let Juju Smith Schuster go off for 80 yards and the Hunter Henry catch two long touchdowns like they they're a pathetic defense right now. The Pittsburgh Steelers. So I have no trust in them stopping anybody, let alone a really good wide receiver in Michael Pittman Jr. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about the individual matchup. I know he was not that good last week, Joey Porter Jr., but yeah. it's a couple of juniors, right? Michael Pittman Jr., Joey Porter Jr., so sons of NFL players going at it potentially in uh, coverage, and I think it opens it up, right? And you mentioned something there. I think it's a chance for the Colts tight ends to maybe do some damage here, maybe a little bit of uh, Josh Downs working the slot or Alec Pierce on the other side. So I, I think I do like Michael Pittman. Look, I still have him as a wide receiver too. I mean, that's still very playable at wide receiver 23. I just don't think he's going to go off. And the touchdown, look, that could put him over the top closer to where Michelle has him ranked. But however you look at it, Pittman is a guy that you've just plugged and played every week because he gets the volume. Gardner Minshew looks at him. I just uh, haven't faded a little bit this week. I wouldn't play him in DFS. I'll just say that. I think there's some better options that you can uh, pay up for there to look at this week. Now, two receivers that surprised everyone last week and going off against the Ravens. Uh, Cooper Cup just went ballistic, but Pukunakua is very good as well, getting to 84 receiving yards. A couple penalties there against the Ravens uh, could have made his uh, day bigger, that they interfered with him a couple times. So when you look at it, Cup and Nakua, both really high players for me. I have them in the top seven this week. That's how I think the commanders match up. Maybe you have them at 11 and 18 here, uh, respectively, I think, with Nakua and Cup. Maybe because uh, they might blow out the rant or commanders this week. And maybe you're thinking, hey, they might cut into each other's production or explain. Yeah, that. I mean, I, I really like both of these guys this week. I love Puka Nakua. He's actually a guy I would be really looking for for DFS. I might. I, having him at 11 is just because I like the other guys ahead of him yeah. a little bit more. But I think Puka has a. For some reason, I'm feeling him to have a bigger game than Cooper Cup this week, but both should be in your starting lineups because of this matchup. I mean, they're allowing the most receiving yards per game to wide receivers, the most yards per reception to wide receivers, the second most touchdowns to wide receivers this year. They're giving up so much, and they've only gotten worse, I feel like, throughout the whole season. So both should have very good games. Matthew Stafford should have a huge game. So, yes, I Stafford, just throw the cup in Nakua. That's the only two guys you need to target. You don't need no to target Demarcus anybody Robinson. else. Yeah. No. Just feed those two. 
Kyron Williams can get his carries, maybe a rushing touchdown in there, but I, I really like both this week as, as do you now let's get into some harder discussions here. So Justin Jefferson, we're yet to see if he's going to play, but he says he's going to, right? So we'll see if that actually happens. He gets the Bengals with Nick Mullins. Now he wasn't really doing much before his injury, but it was happened pretty early in the game last week with Josh Dobbs. How are you feeling? What are your expectations for Jefferson with Nick Mullins? Yeah. When you look at Jefferson, I think he's actually helped by Nick Mullins because what I like about Mullins is I think he'll let it rip downfield a little bit, right? He has probably slightly stronger arm than Josh Dobbs, but also you want a guy that's just going to take some shots, right? You don't want him to just be dink and dunk city to just looking at the tight end. And I know TJ Hawkinson is a great matchup. We'll get into that, but Jefferson out there, you got to get him targets everywhere on the field. I mean, the Vikings are hanging on a thread here with their playoff lives. I know they're the number six seed in the AFC, but they got to get some wins here. Bengals obviously are also looking to get in the playoffs. So, and uh, maybe they don't want to take a cue from what the Bengals are doing, which is throwing a lot of short passes with Jake Browning. Like, I think they have to trust Nick Mullins. You have a talent such as Jefferson, let him win out downfield. So, look, I do like him. Just a little bit worried about the quarterback situation and just a little bit worried about the corners situation as well if he gets shadowed a little bit in this game. So, but still, I am at 14, so I, I'm feeling good about him. And uh, you're a little bit lower 20, but we're both right there in the wide receiver two range versus going wide receiver one with him this week. Yeah. So if he had Kirk Cousins, he was fully healthy. Obviously, he would continually yeah. be in our top five every week, but just a little bit further down with the worries with the injury and quarterback, but you're still obviously put starting Justin Jefferson in your fantasy lineups. Now, there is news that Keenan Allen won't be playing on Thursday night against the Raiders. Is there any Chargers wide receiver you want to force into your lineup tonight? Like you, Joshua Palmer is there. You got Quentin Johnson. Like I don't really want to go with any of them, but is there anyone you would you would start? I just have to feel bad for the Chargers. It seems like yeah. they can't get everybody healthy. Like Mike Williams was not there hardly at all this season. I don't even remember him playing, even though we were high on him. And he started off well, so I don't remember him. And then they get Josh Palmer back from the knee injury. And then Keen Hound goes out with a heel injury. So, And then it's no Justin Herbert on top of this. So if Austin Eckler is an eligible wide receiver, then my answer would be yes in leagues. I mean, maybe you should be. But Quentin Johnson has done nothing. You have a quarterback that's probably going to be feeding Eckler a ton. He's also running quarterback a little bit in Easton Stick. So, look, Johnson has done nothing. Palmer, it's not the greatest matchup, actually. They have one really interesting corner that that has been pretty decent. Uh, Jack Jones has not been very good. But when you look on the other side, look, it's not as easy there. So, I, yeah, I'm not buying any of it. I think it's going to be a lot of Eckler. And if that doesn't work, uh, give Eckler the ball even more. So I'm fading everything in this game, especially on the charter side. And I might only like Devontae Adams on the Raiders side as well. Yeah, I'm with you there. We're going to get into more tough wide receiver dis uh, decisions this week in our next segment. But first, let's hear from one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever find that just as you're trying to fall asleep, your brain suddenly won't stop talking? Do your th thoughts start racing right before bed or at other inopportune moments? It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. 
therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought cycles and find some mental and emotional peace. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn to get 10% off your first month. Give online therapy a try at BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn and get on your way to being your best self. All right, we have two of your boys here to discuss. I feel like you really like both of them. Calvin Ridley and Odell Beckham Jr. in the exact same game. So Ridley against the Ravens, Beckham Jr. against the Jaguars. If you had to choose between these two, which one would you go with? And are you okay playing either one? I'm okay playing either one. I mean, OBJ, is it's a primetime game. And I say if primetime or revenge, OBJ, especially the way he's playing. He's looked really good here. And I have Ridley at 25. I have OBJ at 32. You have OBJ at 26. And you have Calvin Ridley at 34. So almost the exact opposite. But we both think they're wide receiver threes. I think if I'm going for upside, I think I go with Odo Beckham Jr. Because he's a big play guy that can take over games and he's got the better overall matchup. Now, if I'm looking for someone that has to come through a little bit more, and I want to see this a little bit from the Jaguars, move Calvin Ridley to the slot. I mean, he's played it before there with the, the Falcons, so he can do that. And Christian Kirk is out. I mean, they're looking at Parker Washington there in that role as well. But I just don't know what to expect. I mean, I thought I knew exactly what I'm going to get from the Ravens secondary, but then last week happened. I get it. Uh, Sean McVay is not Doug Peterson. He's a little bit more creative. He's going to get his receivers open. So I'm not going to necessarily chase what happened last week. But look, I'm not excited about playing Calvin Ridley, but you kind of have to because Trevor Lawrence is actually playing well. And I think this matchup, actually the way the Ravens are, could open things up a little bit. And uh, again, we said Jay Jones being on the field, maybe Washington being a little bit uh, more dangerous is going to help Ridley. But upside, I'm going OBJ. If I'm going for floor, I'm going Calvin Ridley, even though that floor may not be too high. He doesn't even have a floor. The floor doesn't exist for Calvin Ridley. I don't think I could possibly play Calvin Ridley in my fantasy playoffs. It's not to say he can't have a good game. He, of course, yeah. can. We've seen it this year in three games. But these get set finish as wide receiver 75, 64, 59, 90, 68, 46, 41. And that 46 and 41 are the last two weeks. I'm not trusting that against the Ravens who are allowing the fewest yards per reception to wide receivers this season. If he goes off, fine. I'm fine with that. But I'm not going to let him destroy my fantasy lineups in such an important week. But OBJ is really looking great. Uh, Jaguars are a nice matchup. So I'm okay plugging him in and taking that risk on Odell Beckham Jr., now, DeAndre Hopkins has been super risky this year as well. Uh, kind of a roller coaster every year with some big weeks, some not, especially with Will Levis. It's like he goes off or he does nothing. But revenge game against the Texans this week. And we've been seeing players all year long going off in their revenge games. Does DeAndre Hopkins do it as well? I have him at wide receiver 17. You have him at 28. Yeah. And the part of the ranking for him is just not knowing what we're going to get from Will Levis, right? I mean, that's yeah. a lot of it, <laughs> the front end of this. And uh, I think the Ridley thing is not knowing exactly what you're getting from Trevor Lawrence. He's a bit up and down as well. So there's that at play for Hopkins. But you look at this matchup and the Texans, I mean, they're kind of a zone defense type team. And Hopkins is okay in those situations, right? He can get open in the middle of the field. He can 
run deep at some point to get him away from those uh, matchups. So I do like that Hopkins. I'm I'm not saying I can ever love him. I think there's just the volatility that you consider. And the Texans can be tough a little bit, right? Now, they're not uh, the pushovers necessarily at corner that we think they are. So when we look at it, yeah, Hopkins is a very solid wide receiver too this week. And Look, more than I think about it, and I have him actually behind Ridley, I think I'm going to have to put him ahead of Ridley now if I was uh, considering all things because he's still the number one. He's still going to get the key targets where, where Ridley, the ball is being distributed quite a bit now for the Jaguars. Yeah, it's really nice to see Will Levis just focusing in on Hopkins. 12 targets yeah. in each of the last two weeks. Hopefully he keeps up with that. Hopkins has scored a touchdown in three of the last four weeks, so I'm willing to take a shot on him. and. For some reason, these players play extra hard and make catches that they don't make in other games when they're against their old team. So I'm willing to bet on that for Hopkins. Now, a wide receiver I really love this week, and I, I want to rank him even higher than I have him. It's it's Jaden Reed for the Packers. We both like him a lot. You have him ranked a little bit lower this week. I am at wide receiver 22. You have him at wide receiver 33. The Buccaneers just can't stop wide receivers uh, at all. Their secondary is a disaster right now. Since week eight, Tank Dell, Drake London, Noah Brown, Brandon Ayuk, Gabe Davis, and Michael Pittman Jr. have all put up over 20 fantasy points against the Buccaneers just since week eight. They can't stop anybody. And if I'm going to play a wide receiver uh, for the Packers, it's going to be Jaden Reed, who got 10 targets. And I know they're shorter, but he's also, you have the capability of him getting points as a rusher as well. So I, I love that for him. Yeah, he, he's a bit touch on dependent now because unfortunately the volume is not adding up to big yardage, but it could in this game. And I, I'm just being a little bit more conservative with him. And I look at the Bucks. I mean, they're pretty bad on the outside. So this could be a Romeo Dubs game a little bit. The thing that's going to help Jaden Reed is they're banged up with all the other receivers. Uh, Christian Watson is hurt. Obviously, Dontavian Wicks got hurt in the game as well. So he might have a high ankle sprain. So when you look at that, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of players that he trusts. Jordan Love at home, and it's probably going to be Jaden Reed, Tucker Craft, and Dubs, right, where he throws both the balls to. So I do like Jaden Reed. I just think it's a little bit better matchup for Dubs this week on the outside, and that's why I'm going with him there to uh, cut into Reed's work a little bit. But I do like actually both of them this week. I have Jaden Reed at 33 and Dubs at 36, so both as wide receiver threes in this particular matchup. Yeah, and then a guy who played – against the Buccaneers last week who went off Drake London now they're not they're no longer home right it's at Carolina I believe I believe it's on the road and do we really think Drake London is going to bring continue that greatness we saw from last week because it's been really bad for him this year for most of the year and then he goes off last week but I'm not trusting he's going to do it again this week I have a wide receiver 34 you have a wide receiver 40 He's a really good wide receiver, but the Panthers are also pretty good at stopping wide receivers this year for fantasy. So I don't love it. And we know that Desmond Ritter on the road is not very good. Yeah, the individual matchup is not terrible. Dante Jackson has not been all that good. But look, Desmond Ritter, again, caps Drake London because he's really pretty simple. He's very comfortable playing at home. He likes uh, no elements at all. I know it's Charlotte down here. It's not exactly a weather game, but he just plays better in the dome and they just all of a sudden just figure out what to do offensively. It's just weird. It's like Arthur Smith, uh, his coaching cap is on firmly 
in Atlanta, but he leaves Atlanta and the, everyone just uh, kind of just falls apart here. So I also see this being a big Bijan Robinson running game game as the, they win with defense in the running game probably this week. So when you look at that, yeah, I'm not feeling it a lot with Drake London and the Panthers again, very stingy with their coverage schemes here. You got to hand it to them. They're hanging in there, even though they have terrible offense, their defense is really doing their best to uh, contain teams. Yeah, absolutely. And then I just had one more quick question for you. The T Higgins. So you have him as a solid flex play this week against the Vikings. I'm a little bit more worried, right? He's finished as the wide receiver 47, 36 last week, but has in his two games with Jake Browning, it's been three targets and four targets, three receptions, two receptions. He did, you know, end up having that long, longer reception to have 72 yards last week, but I don't know. I can't trust him in my fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's been an unfortunate year for T. Higgins. Looks like it's going to be his last year in Cincinnati as a pending free agent here. So that's something to watch next year to see where he might land. Maybe it's in Carolina where they need receivers. But when you look at it, uh, look, this matchup, the Vikings, I think it's a so-so matchup. The Vikings have been better defensively late, but early in the season they were very bad at corner. So I think it's just how much confidence they have in Jake Browning opening it up against Minnesota a little bit. And look, maybe Higgins and being the short area type guy versus Jamar Chase trying to get him downfield. Maybe he feels comfortable throwing to Higgins. So look, he's a flex play for me at best. I really can't feel comfortable starting him as a wide receiver three. I think that kind of went out the window when he started slowly and he lost Joe Burrow. Yeah, I know. And, but yeah, it's just been a bad year for him all around, just with all of the injuries, not only to him, but also like Joe Burrow. And it just, he definitely has a talent. I really like T. Higgins as a talented player. I like his skill set. It's just, I think for this year, I'm going to stay off of him unless, you know, he has a couple huge games here. And then in my fantasy championship, if he's available in my league or if I have him on my roster, I'll start him. But that's the only way. I need to see it before I trust him. All right, uh, that's our look at our wide receiver rankings, what stands out there this week uh, on the good side or the fade side. Now, there's some really great matchups that we want to explore tight end. Not such a great one for the usual best tight end of the board. We'll get into that here in our final segment. Before we do that, we've got to hear from another one of our fine sponsors. It's the stretch run. There's not much action left here in the regular season. The playoffs are about to come. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot, however, on FanDuel. Right now, new customers on FanDuel get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So that's pretty easy to get in on the action, get that bonus. And it's something that you can go after here. As it's holiday time, we want a little bit uh, extra money in our pockets. Well, FanDuel is going to help you get there here, whether it's the NFL or other sports. And if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options for the NFL, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get in here for the final month of the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Michelle, before we continue the show, I do have a programming announcement here on the network. Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of the Locked On Network, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
All right, tight end rankings. Let's uh, get into this uh, part first here and uh, just talk about a little bit that Travis Kelsey is not our number one tight end. In fact, we have the same number two ahead of Travis Kelsey this week, and they have the two best matchups you could possibly have here in fantasy at tight end this year. TJ Hawkins is going up against the Bengals. They give it up to the tight end every week. And then you have Sam Laporta. He'll rebound from a tough matchup. They get the Broncos there on Saturday. Both these games are on Saturday. So Saturday night specials for your tight ends. But now, Michelle, Travis Kelsey, you have him down at four behind George Kittle. I'm at three. So look, we can't go any lower than that, Travis Kelsey, but Bill Belichick likes to take away the number one option. The Patriots have been brutal against tight ends. You're still starting Kelsey, but are you feeling it that it could be a little disappointing this week? Absolutely. And Kelsey, I have Kelsey in far too many leagues, right? So I'm counting on him. And there's not a second that I would ever bench him. It's Travis Kelsey. And if you bench him and he has a great game, you're going to cry yourself to sleep that night so Travis Kelsey's in my lineup but I do really think it's going to come down to I don't think he's going to get a lot of receptions or a lot of receiving yards so he's going to have to get a touchdown in this game because I am worried about Bill Belichick and him taking him out the Patriots defense looks really good still like their offense has been all over the place but their defense has come to form especially as of late I am worried about Travis Kelsey but again there's nothing you can do about it, right? Plug him yeah. in and just hope that he can overcome That's why you it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But what about Dallas Goddard? Because he was drafted Ugh. early, right? He's missed a he, – he started the season really struggling, not doing much of anything. He has a huge game, and then, of course, he gets injured shortly after that. But now he's coming back for – this will be a second game back off of IR, or he never really went on IR, but after his forearm injury against the Seahawks. How are you feeling about him? Because last week it was just four receptions, four targets, 30 yards. Yeah, the Seahawks are a strange team, right? I mean, they give up some big plays, but they kind of protect against it with zone defense. So, like, it was weird, right? Brock Purdy, his game came down to three big plays, but they seem to give that up every week. What I like about Dallas Goddard, he's kind of a zone beater type, right? And the other thing, I think the middle of the field is going to be open a little bit for him. And uh, we'll see about the injury to Devin Witherspoon on the outside, if that will help A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith to get going. But they got to get Goddard more involved here. And he's a big play guy that can stretch the field in the middle. We know George Kittle made a big play last week against his own defense. So Seahawks really should be giving up more to the tight end. Maybe it's a result of some of the weaker ones they've played overall, but this is a good matchup, I think, for Goddard. So I have him as a must-start at seven. You have him at 10, but still in the top 12 as a tight end one. Yeah, I'm willing to take a shot on him. If you don't have one of the top guys, I think, like, just keep trying it out with Dallas Goddard. We know he's talented. We know he's on a good offense. This is a, a solid enough matchup. I, I'm going to trust Dallas Goddard if I need to this week. Evan Ingram has been on fire, uh, and he plays against the Ravens this week. Isaiah Likely. Had a really nice fantasy week last week, tight end four on on the week. In the same exact game, is there one that you would prefer over the other, or are you just happy starting either one of them? I'm happy starting either one. And if I have an opportunity this week, Michelle, I'm going to try to get one in the flex. That's how I feel about their roles and their offenses, right? I mean, you look at Isaiah Likely, I do have Ingram a little bit ahead because now he's scoring touchdowns and I think he's going to be guaranteed targets, right? Likely has to still 
fight a lot of uh, Zay Flowers and Oda Beckham Jr. for targets, but he'll still be in that top three where Evan Ingram, I mean, Christian Kirk is down and we know Ridley's up and down. Zay Jones is up and down. So we know Ingram is red hot and he's going to stay involved here as uh, Trevor Lawrence goes to him a lot in the middle field. So I like Ingram slightly more than likely this week, but I think there's a chance you could flex the other if you were in a position where you had both of these guys, right? But uh, interesting that you have... uh, these guys around the same place I do, but I think they're both fine plays. I would lean a little bit more towards Ingram because of his role and his recent uh, higher ceiling production. Yeah, Ingram has 103 targets this season. Uh, that's more targets than, or that's the same amount of targets as Travis Kelsey has. And second um, behind only TJ Hawkinson. So just getting great volume. Love to see that for him. And like you said, he started to score touchdowns. So that makes you feel a little bit safer about starting him. What about David and Joku? Because two weeks ago we were super high on him and he didn't do anything. So we're like, Oh, maybe Joe Flacco doesn't prefer to go to him. And then last week he gets a gazillion targets and goes off and finishes as a tight end too. So are you feeling good about him against the Chicago bears this week? Yeah. What we're learning about guys such as Evan Ingram and David and Joku, like, at some point we just had to play them every week right and just hope for the best and it's going to be up and down and that's the nature of the way they are but they are key parts of their offense and you just hope for the best now you look at Don Kincaid he's battling an injury he's battling Dawson Knox again which is yeah. concerning and I think he's a bigger threat Knox is to Kincaid than Harrison Bryan is to the Joku right and his volume we, I think that was a bit fluky playing off the running game just a couple of weeks ago but the Bears matchup is very good the Cowboys are pretty good, we know, against tight ends. They're just pretty good in general covering the middle of the field. We talked about the correlation, of, right, of covering the middle of the field, and the Cowboys are good against the run. They're good against tight ends. So, yeah, I feel a lot better with David Njoko. I'm at number eight. I have uh, Kincaid all the way down at 14 because of the injury and concern. So I know you have the same kind of deal here with uh, Njoku at eight and Kincaid at 11. Yeah, this is my thing with Kincaid. I think even if he ends up having a a solid game, you're not going to be too sad if you ended up sitting him because even he had a really nice span of games, right? But he was still, it's not like he was putting up massive performances except for one game when he finishes the tight end four, but the other ones, tight end seven, tight end seven, tight end seven, tight end 10. And then the last two games he's played tight end 20 and 28. So you know, he has a low floor and then it's not like his ceiling was all that crazy high where you're going to just like, really be upset if he has a five receptions for 51 yards, right? It's not going to be anything too crazy for him. So I'm fine sitting Dalton Kincaid this week if you have a better option. And I might give you one here in a, in a little bit that I might get crazy and start him over. But let's hit on Pat Fryermuth here quick before I talk about that guy. So with Mitch Trubisky, he's not doing anything. <laughs> he did get seven targets last week. It was against the Patriots, a tougher matchup. Just three receptions, 18 yards. Uh, Since his huge career game in week 12, he's just fallen flat on his face yet again. Can you trust him with Mitch Trubisky against the Colts? Yeah. I mean, I look at this matchup. The Colts, you can work to the tight end against them. We did see Tanner Hudson score against the Colts, so maybe it's coming down to a touchdown. But I do like, actually, the Steelers to move the ball. I actually like them to win this game because they need to, Michelle, you know it more than anyone here after losing to the Cardinals and the Patriots. I mean, this is a key game in the wild card race, and I think you'll see Mike Tomlin remind them of that. So I think if anyone is going to score a touchdown, it's going to be one of the running backs, or it's going to be Farmouth in this game. So that's where you're kind of going. If you think he can score, which I think he can, and we both have him at 12, 
that's why I would think I would play him this week. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't yes. feel great about it. It really, I mean, it's he's super touchdown dependent, especially with Mitch Trubisky, and I just don't know how many touchdowns there will be to go around. But one guy I'm really interested in is rookie tight end. Tucker Craft for the the Packers. They get the Buccaneers this week. Buccaneers are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to tight ends this season, but lately it's even been worse. So just since week eight, they allowed Kyle Pitts last week to put up nearly 15 points against them. He never does that, right? And they're allowing Kyle Pitts to do that. Then George Kittle had 23 points against them in week 11. Dalton Schultz had 27 points against them in week nine. Dalton Kincaid had 18 points against them in week eight. So they're just really giving up a lot of points. And Tucker Craft, with Luke Musgrave out, which he still will remain out, he's on IR, is playing nearly 100% of snaps for the Packers. Now, even last week, he played 100%. Every single offensive snap for the Packers, he was on the field. Two weeks ago, he had a career-high six targets. Last week, he had a career-high four receptions, 64 yards. And in this matchup, I'm willing to bet that he's just going to have his breakout game. Of course, it's risky, but there's eleven. There's 10 guys that I would trust right over him. It's Hawkinson, Laporta, Kittle, Kelsey, McBride, Ingram, Ferguson, and Joku, likely, and Goddard. If I don't have any of those 10 guys, I really think Tucker Craft would be my next favorite option. Yeah, and we thought this tight end, the spot was going to be kind of a void here without Luke Musgrave, but Kraft was another talented tight end that they drafted, and you're right. I mean, he's the guy that was on the field. If you look at their wide receivers, they're shuffling him out, right? I mean, between Samari Toure and Malik Heath and Dontavian Wicks, they're just uh, kind of like a hockey line, like guys coming out all the time at wide receiver, but Tucker Kraft is the guy they need because he's a great blocker, and he's getting rewarded as well, right? And I think it's going to be interesting next year to see how, what the Packers offense looks like, if it's more two tight ends, three wide receivers there with Musgrave and Kraft. But uh, you look at him this year, he's producing. I think it's also key, right? You have a young quarterback. He's going to trust the young guy he feels a lot about. And I think he's in that circle of trust, I think, for Jordan Love. So I do like that. And look, the Buccaneers do give it up here, so. Good call on that uh, this week. Uh, would you play him over Dalton Kincaid? I do have him ranked ahead of Kincaid this week. I think I would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I think it's fair. If you're the solo tight end, and that wasn't the case, right, for Musgrave with Kraft getting involved, I think you have to go in that direction. So mm-hmm. can't believe it, but we do like Tucker Kraft, <laughs> and I would not be surprised if he's the better TK tight end than Travis Kelsey this week. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't go that far, but (laughs) (laughs) it could happen. And I would look, it's this season, right? Michelle, we know who the quarterback leaders are. We know the tight end leaders are from week to week. Hunter Henry went from a zero to leading all tight ends. So we know anything is possible. If you got a good one, just play them and just hope for the best. And that's all we can do at this point, including Kelsey. So it'll be a lot of fun to see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, tight end has been so up and down this year. So let's hope it uh, kind of comes to fruition here, especially with our top guys, Hawk and Laporta. So there you have it. Look at our wide receiver and tight end rankings for this week. We'll come back with flex plays, deep sleepers, and our price picks picks the week to close the show. And if there's any reaction from Raiders Chargers, we'll get to that as well. For this edition of Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.